Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, Jack. Jack O'Hara. Boy, you asked me some interesting questions, my man. It's a great question, Jack. Jack, hey, it's Josh Radder. Hey there, Jack O'Hara. It's Johnny Damon. Jack, you had questions for me. Jack O'Hara? Absolutely. This message is for Jack O'Hara. Jack, how are you? Hey, Jack. Jack, hey, what's going on, man? How you doing? What's going on, Jack? Uh, listen, man, you know, you, you, you asked me a couple questions. Broadcasting around the world, you're listening to The O Show. In the show and uh, doing your thing, I mean, you've got some pretty big name guests. I've seen your, your stuff, so congratulations on your success. Jack O'Hara. Much nicer guy than Conan O'Brien with much better interviewing skills. Don't forget to share this episode on your social media. Now, let's get to it. I'm so boned. I forgot to get my girl tickets for the show tomorrow, and now it's sold out. It's her freaking birthday. Oh, dude. She's definitely going to break up with you. She's definitely going to break up with me. Should have used TickPick. Wait, what'd you say? TickPick. Look. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. What? There are no hidden fees. What'd you guys think I said? Oh, TickPick. I thought you said TickPick. No hidden fees. Download today. You know, I want to know, like, you know, put Vince McMahon aside. You know, if it was up to you, if the ball was in your court, if it was up to you at the end of the day, who would you be defending the WWE Championship against at WrestleMania 37? Sorry, Jack. <clears throat> for the choice of anybody, you know, I think there's some cool stuff to be done from a storytelling perspective for myself and Seamus if we really built that correctly. And uh, probably the same with gender. And... Probably myself and Roman, considering the last match, would be pretty big. Or very big, actually. But this is fantasy booking right now. So I reckon that uh, The Undertaker still was a match in him. They're going with the last ride. They left it open-ended slightly. With Vince and Man needs to make a call and Undertaker needs to show up. So I just need to harass Vince and prod him and say, give Taker a call. And then that would be uh, my ultimate dream match in Mania. That's a storyline I feel like you could build up really well. You guys have been in the ring together. You have somewhat chemistry, and obviously he's the greatest of all time, so it's you guys w- would be able to pull it off. Uh, what was a storyline that you had in your career, whether it was WWE, NXT, TNA, that you knew was you know some of your best work, something that you knew was your best from a storytelling perspective? Um, I've tried to do that with every opponent, to be honest. Like some stories are easier to tell than other ones. Like I mentioned, Seamus already. That stuff comes naturally because we've got a real relationship. And some other stuff we have to find kind of the truth in there so that we believe it. And therefore, in turn, the fans believe it. Um, I love the stuff with Randy. There was a lot of cool moments in there and a lot of good storytelling. And as short as the stuff was with Roman, just where I'm at as a character now and where he's at as a character now was very compelling to me and the fans apparently, even though it was only three weeks, to show I'm kind of where he was at. And that's what I see as a ideal WWE superstar being a workhorse and defending the title with honour and respect and you know where he's at as a character, feeling like he's been at the top so long and holding the company together that he's starting to kind of believe his own stuff now. 
and had worked with me before, um, and assuming he was going to run right through me like he did in the past, became began to realise as the match went on, this is not the same guy, and inevitably Jay interfered, and Roman, you know, managed to choke me out and take advantage of that situation. So that was a cool bit of storytelling over a few weeks that could be really big in the future. But that's what it's all about. We tell stories. I mean, that match at Survivor Series, like you could tell, it was just it was. Alpha versus Alpha, Universal Champion versus WWE Champion, and to your credit, you were a completely different animal in that from a, from a storytelling perspective. I know we don't have a lot of time. I have one question left for you, uh, kind of totally off-center, complete 180, but I had to ask because I saw it in an interview. Were you kicked out of a Halloween party as a kid for dressing like Axl Rose from Guns N' Roses? Um, did I get kicked out of a Halloween party for dressing as Axl Rose? Yes, I did. <clears throat> that was my high school <laughs> party. I think I was, uh, it was fifth year, so 16, 17 I was at the time. I wore the the Axel Hall pants and black waistcoat and uh, tiny amateur wrestling boots and had my art t- teacher paint all the, the Guns N' Roses tattoos on me. And I didn't have the long hair at the time, so I wore um, awake and sunglasses. And yeah, I got kicked out for that outfit. Sorry, I went to town afterwards. They let me in. Um... I'm going to keep rambling here for about 10 minutes, but there's a good few questions. So, appreciate you, buddy. Hopefully, we'll meet in the future. We'll get a picture with this thing right here. Take care. I am so boned. I forgot to get my girl tickets for the show tomorrow, and now it's sold out. It's her freaking birthday. Oh, dude. She's only going to break up with you. She's definitely going to break up with me. Should have used TickPick. Wait, what'd you say? TickPick. Look. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Dude. What? There are no hidden fees. What'd you guys think I said? Oh, tick pick. I thought you said tick pick. No hidden fees. Download today. Yes, sir, we promised you a great Gorgeous girl. Very classy. classy. The makeup champion. Andre. The child. Everyone. Ladies and gentlemen, it is in WWE history, the WrestleMania of camaraderie theme celebrations, I present to you the Festival of Friendship! Man, has it been two years already. Well, two long years since one of the greatest segments, I think, in the history of Monday Night Raw, to be honest with you, took place in Las Vegas, Nevada, T-Mobile Arena, where we saw six-time WWE champion Chris Jericho and then-Universal champion Kevin Owens put on one of the most entertaining, comedic, heartbreak and heartbreaking segments in all of television history. It was the Festival of Friendship. Festival of Friendship! I mean, it had everything. It had the comedy, Jericho and Owens, of course, the chemistry. You, could, you couldn't script that. You couldn't predict that they were going to be that great together it was like an eight or nine month run uh that culminated in that segment 
I, for one, was completely shocked by the outcome of that segment. I knew eventually it was WrestleMania season. They were going to turn on one another eventually. I was not expecting it that night. Kevin Owens was in a current feud with Goldberg at Fastlane. Completely caught me off guard. Completely shocked. It, it was like a half an hour segment, too. It was awesome. Uh, but before we break down what happened on that night at the Festival of Friendship. The Festival of Friendship! I mean, we got to start from the beginning. So Jericho and Owens, both heels, I think it was nine months prior to this. So this happened in February of 2017. It was in July of 2016 that uh, WWE creative made the decision to book Jericho and Kevin Owens as a tag team in a match against uh, two former stars. Now they were an up-and-coming tag team, Enzo Amore and Big Cass, Colin Cassidy, who are now both fired from the company. Uh, Enzo just, uh, I think he was accused of rape, got out of it. Uh, Big Cass just had anger issues. He, he eventually, they just let him go because he was a narcissist to deal with. Um, but as we all know, they got fired from the company. So it was Jericho and Owens versus Enzo and Cass at SummerSlam in Brooklyn in August. Uh, they beat Enzo and Cass, and ever since then, they went on a roll. So WWE Creative decides to go on a roll with this pairing. Um, it was eight nights later, actually. So Finn Balor, who just got called up to the main roster, it was right after the brand split in 2016. Raw and SmackDown got divided up. Um, Finn Balor beats Seth Rollins to become the first inaugural uh, WWE Universal Champion. They unveiled the title at SummerSlam, in which everybody hated. Everybody still hates it. Worst title ever. Um, so Finn Balor wins, but he tears, he like ruptures uh, a labrum in his shoulder. So he's out for the next nine months. So he has to relinquish the title. Uh, tournament is made. Uh, and then the next week on Raw following SummerSlam, there's a fatal four-way match for the Universal Championship between Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins, Big Cass, and Roman Reigns. Um, this is the night where Kevin Owens would be crowned the new Universal Champion after uh, WWE Chief Operating Officer Triple H made a shocking return to help the prize fighter and turning on his protege Seth Rollins in the process. Remember that was the night Triple H uh, pedigreed both Roman Reigns, so he screws Roman Reigns over, shocking everybody. That Another shocker, in my mind, as shocking, maybe not as shocking as the Festival of All of Friendship. Nobody expected Triple H to be there that night. I remember watching that up in my room. I was watching that upstairs in my house. My brother, Declan, who's going to be on shortly, was watching it downstairs. And we always talk about this. As soon as that happened, I guess my brother was explaining to my sister what's going on in wrestling because she makes fun of us all the time. But he's explaining to her, like, yeah, it's Roman Reigns, that's Triple H, and he's like, holy shit, that's Triple H, well, what's he doing here? And all he hears is me just, like, the uh, the stairs thumping, this, yeah, the stairs just thumping, I'm coming down the stairs, I'm like, what the hell's going on? And I, I knew as soon as he showed up and he helped uh, Rollins pin Reigns, I knew he's going to screw over Rollins here, it's going to be awesome, Kevin Owens is going to win the Universal Championship, completely unexpected, uh, so Triple H ends up pedigreeing Rollins, Gives Owens the pinfall. Kevin Owens becomes uh, the second Universal Champion in history. And where's Chris Jericho lying all this? So it's Chris Jericho, over the next few months, they become, quote-unquote, best friends. A lot of comedic segments. Chris Jericho invents the list of Jericho, which took off. I mean, I even have it in my intro to this show. Just in, you just made the list! 
Jericho would end up helping Owens beat Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, Braun Strowman, whoever he was in a rivalry with. I think it was Hell in a Cell. Um, the referee got knocked down, and Jericho basically ran down to the ring. The door got open somehow, and Jericho comes in, uh, locks it, uh, twirls a key around, which is now the key of Jericho. Uh, he, I mean, so originally he was the heel, and um, I guess everything was something of Jericho. So it was the gift of Jericho, which was just him, and he'd be like, drink it in, man. Drink it in, man. Drink it in, man. Drink it in, Dean. Drink it in, man. Drink it in, man. Drink it in, man. And after a while during this whole Kevin Owens angle, uh, everything, so his scarves that he always wore. It's the scarf of Jericho. Try it on, man. At one point, there was the hug of Jericho. The hug of Jericho. Bring it in, man! I mean, do we have the key of Jericho one? Yeah. I mean, after all, it was the key of Jericho. Lock it in, man! (laughs) Did he have one for the list of Jericho? What's going to happen? I'm going to put you on the list of Jericho. Ink it in, man. I mean, that that, that I even left out. So I brought an article on Belly Up Sports. You go check it out. Uh, I totally forgot about the whole Kevin Owens, Chris Jericho, Ashton Kutcher, and Danny Masterson segment. I mean, there are so many good parts in that segment. I guess uh, Kutcher and Masterson were brought in to promote their new show at the time, The Ranch, on Netflix. Um, and basically Jericho challenged them because he thought him and Kevin Owens were better best friends than Ashton Kutcher and Danny Masterson were. I mean, it was a gold segment. Uh, at one point, even Danny Masterson uh, poked fun at Jericho for losing to Fandango at WrestleMania. Superstars will lose to Fandango at WrestleMania. Does not say that on there. <laughs> I guess he had the... Li- whatever. Uh, but... So the whole segment was basically Kutcher and Jericho arguing about who's better best friends... We're not even, we're not friends, we're brothers. Yeah. It goes that deep over here. Oh, yeah? Yeah, little we're, man. We're so close, beanpole. We should be conjoined Siamese twins. Yeah. Yeah. But regardless of any of that, like I was saying, Jericho, it was something, like all things of Jericho. I mean, key of Jericho, list of Jericho, scarf of Jericho, hug of Jericho. The list goes on and on. What, what else do you have? Um, Me in the cage of Jericho. With the fists of Jericho. Punch you in the face, man. He got the mask of Jericho. And he put it on, man. (laughs) Pure gold. Pure gold on his part. We'll never see that again, unfortunately, with him being in in AEW. But uh, so in the leading months of this angle... Uh, the Ayatollah of Rock and Roll Jericho would aid Owens in cheap victories and feuds with Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, Braun Strowman, like I said. Uh, Jericho, again, would also develop his latest gimmick in the process, which some are saying, or some might say, was his greatest run ever in the company. And I'm not going to be one to argue. Um, Jericho would develop new catchphrases, drink it in, man. Uh, he used to say, you dig, after uh, certain angles. You dig. 
He even managed to get the word it over by the crowd by pointing his finger whenever he said, like, you better watch. You better stay out of our business or you're going to get. Wait for it. It. You better watch it. Watch what? So Jericho is basically the comedic heel while Owens tried to be the vicious heel and heel champion in the whole angle. Uh, Owens also known for being a great comedic on the mic, but he sat second to Jericho during this run who was constantly putting people on his list, telling people to watch it, drinking in the gift of Jericho. Um, I mean, the two became television gold over an eight-month period with hilarious backstage interviews with Tom Phillips, who they constantly called Tim or Mike or whatever. They never said his actual name, which was hilarious. Uh, their constant bickering with then-Raw general manager Mick Foley being co-captains for Team Raw at Survivor Series. Not to mention Kevin Owens even helping Chris Jericho win the, uh, his first United States championship against Roman Reigns along the way. So after all this great stuff happened over the course of an eight-month period, um, fans knew a turn was coming. They just didn't know when. It, so it was about Royal Rumble, a couple weeks after the Royal Rumble. So it was WrestleMania season. We all knew it was probably going to be Jericho versus Owens at WrestleMania. At this point, nobody knew who was going to turn on who. Um, Jericho is becoming more and more loved each week, so it made more sense for Jericho to turn babyface as opposed to Owens. But whether it be Jericho or Owens, um, as all great wrestling pairings and tag teams tend to turn on one on one another uh, sooner or later. Uh, however, in this uh, angle, WWE fans, like I said, expecting it at some point. WWE creative managed to pull off something that has been very, very difficult to do in this new era in 2017-2018. Um, and that's shock their fans and pull something that they did not expect to happen. So everybody expected this split to happen eventually, probably closer to WrestleMania. Kevin Owens, like I said, was in a rivalry with Goldberg at the time. He was facing Goldberg for the Universal Championship in like two or three weeks uh, after the, fresh, the Festival of Friendship happened. Um, so when the Festival of Friendship was announced a week prior on Monday Night Raw, uh, fans were expecting another glorious and comedic segment from Chris Jericho, and boy did they get one. Uh, that's exactly what they got. The Festival of Friendship had everything. It had Las Vegas showgirls. It had a painting celebrating of the creation of Kevin, which was genius. Uh, if they still sell that on the WWE shop, I'd buy it. Uh, it was basically uh, Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho replacing Moses and Jesus Christ in the creation of <laughs> Christ. Um, a $7,000 sculpture. It was like the art of Jericho, sculpted in man. Uh, sculpture made by Ralph Guggenheim, according to Jericho, uh, showcasing how their friendship was intertwined, as well as Friendship the Magician, though he would not get over too well with Jericho or Owens. Yeah, you, know, you know what, actually? That really wasn't all that impressive, Friendship. You know what? What kind of a magician are you? You know what? You know what? You know what happens when you don't impress Kevin Owens at the Festival of Friendship, huh? You know what happens? Friendship the Magician. You just made the last! 
I mean, the segment also featured the return of Gilberg, who's basically the uh, parody of Goldberg. Really short, fat, basically, he's not a, not a wrestler. They bring him in as a gimmick. Kevin Owens, set to defend the title against Goldberg at Fastlane, like I said, goes out, beats the crap out of Gilberg. Um, after back and forth, Owens doesn't really see Jericho as doing anything beneficial to him during this festival of friendship. Jericho then says, all right, no matter what, I have your back against Goldberg, yada, yada, yada. Uh, so Kevin Owens, Chris Jericho, they hug it out. Kevin says that he has a gift for Chris Jericho now. Uh, so Jericho hands Owens a plethora of gifts, like I just said. Kevin Owens says uh, he has a gift for him, nothing that would compare to what happened at the Festival of Friendship. WWE Universe now anticipates what the gift might be. So Jericho reaches inside the box and the wrapping paper, has a big smile on his face. Everybody's anticipating what it is. Basically um, says it's the new list of Jericho. It's perfect. A new list. The other list is, is getting beat up and it's, it's getting full. And... So he, he likes the gift. Uh, everybody's like, all right, new list. Does it look different? It was just a clipboard and paper, basically. So it got a resounding pop from the crowd nonetheless. Uh, though the WWE Universe, as well as myself watching at home, would soon realize the fate of this whole angle. Nine-month buildup. Jericho would slowly bring the microphone to his mouth, saying... How come my name's on this? Jericho then lifts the clipboard for everybody else to see, and the graphic said, not the list of Jericho, but the list of KO with Kevin Owens' logo on it. And at that moment, everybody's like, no, please, no, this can't be happening. It was like one of the, like you, a heel pairing, like nobody really gives a shit about. This one was awesome. You knew the nine months of comedy acts, entertainment, the spectacle that was Jericho was coming to an end. Owen's smile quickly turns to a serious face, starts beating down Jericho, uh, smashes his face into the Geratron 5000 or whatever the hell it was. Um, the pop-up power bomb on the apron that puts people out of action for whatever reason. Guess it hurts your back. Uh, Owens then says to Jericho, I hate you, but right before he does it, uh, it, I remember watching at home like, this can't be happening. Me and my brother both looking at each other in our home in New Jersey. Crazy, as much as it was for the fans in Vegas that night. Uh <laughs> Though you got to hand it to WWE creative. For the first time in years, they had pulled one over on their fans. In a generation where the internet leaked spoilers, rumors regarding the storylines, Jericho and Owens were able to keep this angle under wraps, making the segment that much more legendary. Again, fans expected this turn eventually, not on this night. It was like three weeks before Fastlane, before Owens took on Goldberg. and It was perfectly set up for their WrestleMania, their eventual WrestleMania match. So Jericho's now out for the next month because uh, he got beat down by Owens. And at Fastlane, uh, Jericho would return to screw over Owens, just distract him at the top of the stage. His music hit. Uh, Goldberg then spears in jackhammers Owens for the one, two, three. Goldberg goes on to defend the universal title against Lesnar at WrestleMania, freeing up Kevin Owens for a match against Chris Jericho for the United States Championship at WrestleMania. So this... Nine-month, ten-month thing culminated 
at WrestleMania 33 in Orlando, Florida. Uh, Owens walked out as the U.S. champion, defeating Jericho, which made sense. Owens is the younger talent compared to Jericho. Uh, it, it was just uh, one of the greatest runs in recent memory in WWE. Uh, though times have passed, this run alone will go down as one of the most exce- most successful in both the careers of Owens and Jericho. Uh, with this run, Jericho has been able to rejuvenate his career at 48 years old. Uh, he went on to wrestle in some of the biggest matches of his career in New Japan Pro Wrestling against Kenny Omega and Naito, even holding the uh, Intercontinental title, the IWGP Intercontinental Championship in the process. Jericho even created and successfully hosted the Jericho Rock and Rager at Sea Cruise, which hosted a variety of different events, including wrestle, wrestling matches from uh, New Japan, Ring of Honor, TNA, including rock shows with his band Fozzy, Blizzard of Ozzy, Corey Taylor was there, home of multiple live podcasts, including Talk is Jericho. Chris sat down with multiple wrestlers, rock stars, and comedians on the cruise over a four-day span. Uh, that culminated in a main event that saw Chris Jericho team with the Young Bucks, uh, which they were the Bucks of Jericho, that was their nickname, the uh, Alpha Club, to take on Kenny Omega, Cody Rhodes, and Marty Skrull in a Alpha Club versus Bullet Club matchup. It was, I mean, I was not there. I want to be on the second one. It was just announced. Uh, hopefully we can talk to Jack Slade on that, coming on the show shortly. Don't have the date yet. He's coming on soon. Talk a little bit about the cruise, the first one and the second one coming up. But uh, so as much as as much success as Jericho has had since this run, uh, despite being a three-time U.S. champion in the process, working in highly promoted bouts against uh, Shane McMahon, AJ Styles, Sami Zayn, even Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. He had that angle with Vince McMahon where uh, he headbutted him, made him bleed on SmackDown. Kevin Owens, the prize fighter, has not had the success his former best friend has had. He's been battling injuries, doesn't really have a great spot on Raw, didn't really have an angle. He was placed in the mid cards. He's currently sitting on the shelf now, hoping to make a return before WrestleMania 35 in New York. They showed on Raw Kevin Owens bowling with his family. Apparently, he's a month out. But as KO looks to rebound from his current injury and hopefully make it to WrestleMania, Chris Jericho is on fire, set to face off against Kenny Omega on May 25th in the same city where Kevin Owens betrayed him in Las Vegas, Nevada, MGM Grand Arena for All Elite Wrestling's First official pay-per-view event called Double or Nothing. Jericho signed a three-year deal, apparently the largest contract of his career with uh, AEW. He's reinventing himself in New Japan and AEW, which he always has done. Uh, Kevin Owens, still looking to find his ways again in WWE, does not seem we will see these two in the same ring anytime soon. Although, uh, with Kevin Owens, his storyline plan seemingly uh, lacking any type of excitement, don't be shocked if the prize fighter makes a transition to AEW one day to face off against his former best friend yet again. Uh, so that completes this segment with the Festival of Friendship, two-year anniversary between Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens. You can check out my article on Belly Up Sports entitled uh, The Festival of Friendship Between Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens Two Years Later, Belly Up Sports, Be Bold, Stand Out. This will lead us into our new segment. So I debuted this segment on my other podcast, the Osho Podcast, with my brother Declan. I wanted to share it on this podcast as well. It's entitled Story Time. Basically, to sum it up, it's a uh, it's a segment. Basically, me and my brother Declan, as well as future guests, we're going to have on 
just telling uh, weird, unique, or embarrassing stories about one another. Uh, the first story I shared was basically I stayed in an Airbnb for three weeks early last year in 2018. Probably one of the worst experiences of my life. Airbnb, Airbnb ain't a bad thing to port purchase if you're in town for something a lot cheaper than a hotel for sure. But for three weeks, it was hell. Do not get an Airbnb for three weeks long, and here's why. This is our new segment entitled Storyline. If you didn't have an embarrassing moment at a wrestling event, what's your most embarrassing moment at, like, an event period? At an event period? Hmm. I don't know. that. I, that's a tough question. I will say this. Yesterday morning, uh, we were raising money for uh, the... the um, the baseball team was raising money for the South Carolina trip, and we were helping people bag at Shoprite. And I don't know how, but like, I was bagging something, and I like I nailed my elbow into the like the I don't even like the little clips that hold the bags up, and it just came off and went flying and it went everywhere. And then I dropped this lady's bag. That was pretty embarrassing. I looked like I looked like an idiot. That was yesterday. My most embarrassing event or most embarrassing moment at an event in general. That's a tough question because I've most definitely had some. I've most definitely had some. But it's tough. I don't know if I can think about that on the spot. Oh, great. So now I'm going to have to swoop in and save the day. Do you do you have a moment that you can share while I think? No, I are, I mean, that was one of the questions in the last episode I answered. I got to think of another one. I, I told you the A-Rod porta potty story, right? Yeah, that's that's funny. Yeah. That's um, not even, I don't even, like, you didn't do anything wrong. It's not like you embarrassed yourself. No, that, that was just meant to happen, I guess. Yeah. Um, I mean, those, that week, I remember it was like Mother's Day week in May, and I was in that Airbnb for about three weeks, and just yeah. a lot of stuff went wrong. Um, I think I had like $3 in my account, my, my debit card. Yeah. And, um, and I had to eat cause I couldn't eat in the Airbnb. I had to buy all my food, mm-hmm. which is crazy. I don't know why I thought of doing that. Like I made a lot of money that weekend working, but at the same time, I probably shouldn't have done it. It was just so <laughs> stressful. And I had $3 in my account and I'm eating and basically I'm dining and dashing for like three days straight. Yeah. And the final dine and dash I did and probably will ever do because I dine and dashed at IHOP. And as soon as I got in my Uber, like I timed it perfectly. Like she put down the check. I'm like, all right, thank you. She walks away. I, my Uber's pulling up and I just sprint out of there. And as soon as I get in the car, I realized, shit, I left my keys, my, the house key to the Airbnb on the on the counter of the of my table at IHOP. Oh no, no. So oh. so I drove all the way back to the Airbnb, which was like a good fifteen minute drive. Get there, realize like I was hoping maybe the door's unlocked, or maybe they're in there, and I could just say, "Oh, I left my keys inside. I just came to get them," you know. Yeah. Knock on the door. Nobody's there. Doors locked. So I have to Uber back to IHOP. So I Uber back to IHOP and basically explain, oh, sorry, I forgot to pay. Where do I pay? It's like, oh, here you go. And then um, basically I also ask, all right, I also left my keys here. Do you guys have my keys? She's like, oh, I'll see. And then the manager comes back out with my keys. 
Oh. And I'm like, yeah, I, I forgot to pay. I forgot to pay. And he's like, okay, sure. Uh, I'm like, I have my keys back. She, he's like, yeah, you are you going to pay for your meal? I'm like, oh, yeah, I reached my pocket. Don't have my wallet. My wallet's no. still at the what Airbnb. What are you doing? What are you doing? You, my, you went back to the Airbnb and left your wallet there. And then went I never brought the wallet because I knew I was going into it not going to pay. I was going to go into it and dine and dash because I had $3 in my account. So I'm like, I left my wallet at, at my Airbnb. I'll come right back if you give me my keys so I can get in. Like He's like, all right, get, go get your wallet, and then I'll give you your keys. I'm like, well, I need my keys to get into the house. I'm locked out of the house. He's like, how do I know you're going to come back? I'm like, I give you my word. I will come back. I'm not, I'm not going to do that to you. He's like, I mean, I can't really like, trust you or... Um, I can't really, like, I guess I got to take your word for it. So they gave me the keys. I went back to the Airbnb, got myself in, got my wallet, went back to IHOP for the fourth time in a span of an hour, and then paid them and then left. Wow. So I learned my lesson there. Yeah. And then okay. another, another interesting fact on that trip it was probably like the same day, next day, maybe. Again, I lost my key because I'm, I'm just not good with keys. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't get it. You have lost your wallet a number of times. And I'm starting to lose that thing, too. I think it's, like, cursed or something. Well, the wall. I remember in New Jersey, I, le I left my wallet on an airplane once in the Newark airport. I left it on the New Jersey Transit once on the train. And then I left it in Weiss. And I guess when I was in college or something, a police officer came to the door and yeah, gave well, the wallet back. Ball, the guy comes to the door and rings the doorbell. Doesn't even say, hey, everything's all right. No, he starts, mom opens the door. I wasn't even home. Mom opens the door, and he starts with, is your son John O'Hara? And she's like, yes! <laughs> thinking, thinking you were a goner, probably. And she's like, he left his wallet at Weiss, ma'am. Here you go. And she's like, oh, shit. All right. Thank you. She's like, that is not how you start that conversation. <laughs> She'll never get over that. She's like, that was an asshole police officer. <laughs> That was a trainee police officer. That is not how you start that conversation. She was going off to dad about um, our landscaper, Dave, the other day. I don't, I, like, I don't even know what his last name is. But apparently he, like, sent a new bill, even though we, like, just got our bills from him that we had to pay. And I think we had to pay, like, $400, and the new bill was, like, $750 with a bunch of, like, bullshit transactions on it. So mom's like, no, 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 because you know me. I keep all my files. Marches upstairs, grabs the files, comes back down. She does like, have a lot of files. She does, yeah. And she had them, like, all labeled, and she, like, pulled out the folder and took them out. And she came downstairs. She's like, see, here they are. And she's, like, emailing him. And me and dad are sitting on the couch, like, cracking up, because as she's emailing him, she's, like, saying it out loud. She's like, dear Dave. <laughs> cracking up. She was, she was like, she's like, I don't know who you think I am, but let me tell you something, mister. I kept all my transactions and all my bills, and I don't owe you $750 freaking dollars. <laughs> it was great. It was awesome. Yeah. So anyway. He a lot of grudges. So anyway, uh, so the, the IHOP uh, Dine and Dash story, this story, though, um, got a little bit more complicated. The IHOP died and dashed. Did I ever tell you the story of the time I almost got arrested at this Airbnb? 
You haven't told me anything about this Airbnb except the fact... It was the worst three... It may have potentially been the most three frustrating... The most three frustrating weeks of my life. And it was just three weeks. It didn't feel like three weeks. Three weeks and you've ever been... So, again, I lose my key. I'm going out to dinner on a Saturday night because I had nothing better to do. I literally had nobody to talk to. (laughs) Like, nobody around me. Um, Where was this? What town? Like, was this in Phoenix? It was in, like... East Phoenix, like the East Valley, like a part of Phoenix I've never been in before. Like on the other side of Chase Field, like I remember Grand Canyon is the west side of Phoenix. This was more east side of Phoenix. But um, I go out to Applebee's, get a dinner. I think it's just a normal dinner. I did pay. pay. At this point, I had to ask mom for money because I didn't get paid by the Diamondbacks yet. And I go home, go back to my Uber, try to open the door, look in my pocket, and I'm like, unbelievable. I left my keys again. So I had to Uber back again. I had to Uber, like, I'm spending more money on Uber than I am anything else at this point. I think you and I have, like, low-key short-term memory loss. Maybe. Um, Like, I'm always, like, leaving stuff or forgetting to do something. So I, I get back to the Applebee's. They haven't seen it. Whoever, like, said, like, oh, we haven't had anybody turn in any keys. I'm like, oh, great. Because I remember I went down to Target to buy some hair ties or whatever. And so I'm retracing my steps, go back to Target. They don't have it. I'm looking in the parking lot because it's completely empty. I'm like, maybe I dropped it out of my pocket. Can't find it anywhere. So at this point, I'm like, okay, maybe they're just... Maybe, like, I can't find them. Applebee's told me they'd call me if they saw it or if they found them. Same with Target. So I'm like, all right. Went back to the Airbnb, another Uber drive. They're still not home. Saturday night, I figured, like, the people who are hosting me would be in their home. They're not. So I'm, like, knocking on the door forever. Their their cars are in the driveway, but they're not in the house. You know for a fact they weren't in the house? Oh, I was pounding the door. Oh, really? Pounding. And I, at this point, they have, like, a gated fence. It was, like, a gated community. So, and, like, the back light was on, so I'm, like, maybe they're back there. So I hopped the fence. (laughs) Do they have cameras? No, but they do have very reliable neighbors. So I hopped the fence. I hopped the fence. They're not back there, and the back door's locked, too. So all the doors are locked. I can't get in. So I hop back over the fence that I originally hopped over. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to have to Uber again and go back to Applebee's. Because obviously they're there. And I I can't get back into the house without them. Right. So I'm like angrily pacing back to the the gated door where like I have to get out. Mm -hmm. I call my Uber. I get to this pickup spot. I swear it was like four Chevy Tahoe State Trooper cars pull up all at the same time i'm like they're definitely here for me they're definitely here because i just topped that that fence because i'm an idiot and lost my keys at an applebee's were you just like fuck i would have freaked out i would have i would have been a nervous wreck and they all start coming for me i i I knew exactly what happened i'm like something just happened that was like completely misinterpreted misunderstood i know once i explain myself it's all going to be fine 
they all come up to me. Do you live in this area? I'm like, uh, yeah, down there. It's like, he's like, can you sit down for me for a second? I'm like, oh, if you just let me explain. He's like, no, sit down. I'm like, why? He's like, because yeah, I told yeah, you never, to. Never, I'm like, yeah, yeah, ne never ever like when a cop asks you to do something, do it. I've I've watched many episodes of Cops, and when when they when they when they try to like sidetrack after like an order, they don't like that. Yeah. So. Of course, I didn't know that. That was the first time I've ever encountered a cop ever. I've never been pulled over before I've in my car. I don't think I've ever encountered a police Three officer. Three years, four, almost four years with my driver's license. I've never had any sort of encounter with a police officer. Yeah, knock on wood. Um, so I'm sitting there. He's like, what's your name? I'm like, John O'Hara. Here's my license. Like, I literally, like, lost my keys at an Applebee's down the road. And I was trying to get into the house because I don't think they're home, and that's where I'm staying, in an Airbnb. And this guy's never heard of an Airbnb before. He's like, Airbnb, what? What are you talking about? What is this? Oh. And I'm like, I'm not, like, lying to you. Like, I'm staying in this person's home for a few weeks. And his buddy had to come over. He's like, no, Dave, yeah, th that, that thing's real. Airbnbs exist. <laughs> Wait, his name is Dave? One of his other police officers. So... He goes into the gay community, starts, like, knocking on neighbors' doors to, like, help back me up, like, see if these people host Airbnb, like, have a license for Airbnb. And I guess, like, one person told him, yeah, yeah, like, they do that for people. They bring in people in their house who need homes, basically. And he's like, yeah, man, he's right. Um, these people do host an Airbnb. So he's like, huh. Because I, I, I couldn't get a hold of my host. They were, like, nowhere to be found. They like went to Antarctica or something. Like I, I couldn't, I, I could not reach them. So at this point, like I had to give him my social, everything, my, my driver's license. I'm like, I left my like, and now he's letting me explain. I'm like, I left my keys at an Applebee's. They say they haven't found them. I can't get into the into the house, and I'm like freaking out. My phone's at one percent. Like everything's just falling apart at this point. <laughs> I've never heard this story. And I guess, like, one of their really good friends, all these police officers, like, their friend Bobby is, like, one of the head chefs at the Applebee's. It's like, oh, Bobby's working tonight, right? Bobby's working? Yeah, we, 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 could, we could see if we can find him. Oh my so God. they gave me a ride back to Applebee's. Oh, my God. You got a police escort back to Applebee's. That's incredible. I go into Applebee's and... With the police officers? No, they wait outside. Because it would have caused a scene, and I would have been embarrassed. They would have been embarrassed. But I go in, and I find the exact waiter I had, like, three hours earlier. I'm like, do you have my keys? He's like, oh, yeah, that little blue, like, keychain key. I'm like, yeah, that's those are my keys. He's like, oh, yeah, I picked those up as soon as he left. Hold on, let me go get them. And it took him an hour to get them. Like, I was sitting there waiting. I'm like, and he's, like, giving, like, obviously he has, like, three or four tables. Yeah. I'm like, holy shit, like, does this guy have my keys or not? Like, did he forget about me? I wonder if the cops, like, did this, did this kid, like, ditch out the back door? Yeah, basically. And then finally, he approaches me with my keys. I'm like, thank you, dude. You're a lifesaver. Get back in the car, or get back outside. Show the police officers I have my keys. He's like, awesome, man. And uh, be sure, don't jump into anybody's houses ever again. Like, don't, don't hop anybody's fences. Yeah. Doesn't send off good, good vibes. And I guess I was wearing, like... Uh, my, one of my like Dwayne Johnson Under Armour shirts. He's like nice shirt. He like pulls up. He pulls up the trunk. He has like one of those uh, Brahma Bull duffel bags. I'm like, yeah. Just just to cross this back over to wrestling. But um, we 
And he's like, all right, safe travels, man. So I'm like, oh, I got to Uber back now. I pull out my phone. My phone dies. And they're, and they're gone. So I'm stuck at Applebee's. I'm like, does anybody have a charger? They're like, yeah, there you go. So I charge my phone for about 10 minutes, order an Uber, get back. And then, oh, wait, no, that's not what happened. I don't know why I said that. So there was no charger. I had to walk back. I walked back about like 18 blocks in the pitch dark. Oh my god! I walked back. It, it was the scariest walk back I think I've ever had because it was a sketchy part of town. Yeah. And it was like midnight, one o'clock in the morning. And you just knew how to get back. Uh, I mean, I guess I knew how I got there via Uber and via cop car, but I took a guess, and then finally I recognized the road after like 12 blocks or so. I'm like, oh, thank God, thank God. I, I take a left up this windy hill. I had to basically take a hike back, finally get back to my uh, house, go in, pray a little bit, because I was uh, I was probably one of the most stressful hours ever. You're just like, oh, my God. I went to bed, and basically, it was like the next day or two days later, I flew home. So that was like the end of the trip. <laughs> and I'm, I'm finding out about this now. I, I thought I, heard, I, thought I uh, told you guys that. I guess not. Um, I think those were like the two beefiest stories on that trip. And after all this time, like I talked about that for like almost a half an hour. Do you have any embarrassing stories you want to share with our fans? Oh man! Oh, oh, there's so many. Uh, what I, you know who I, I was, I had to, I was telling someone the rat story the other day. Oh, I remember the rat story. Yeah. I mean, it's not even really a long story. I guess. All right, I'll share that one. So basically, I almost caused a, a widespread panic on a subway car. Because I have an enormous fear of New York City rats. Because for those of you who have never seen a New York City rat before, it's like a breed. It's like a hybrid between like a normal rat and a possum. They're like 14 pounds. They're absolutely disgusting. They're gross. They're, uh, I hate them. So either way, Jack and I hop onto the subway. I don't know if this was the same time, but we've had some subway experience. Remember we got stopped by that police officer at the subway right after we're saying we've had no prior encounters with police officers? We swiped the Metro card uh, once because we only had, like, one valid... Right, and then we, we, went, we literally went, like, butt cheek to butt cheek. Yeah. That way we can get through the thing we, like, without it actually, like, stopping. We walked with each other and went through the turnstile at the same time. And there was a cop standing around the corner, and he comes right up to us, and we lied about our ages. I don't think you were 18 yet. I think no, was... no, no. I, that was 2017. I was 18. You were 18? Okay. I said I was 19, though, and that you were yeah. 18. Yeah, something like that. I, know, I remember we lied about our ages. I don't remember if that was the same time. We've taken the subway to Yankee Stadium countless times, so I don't, I don't, I don't know if that was the same time. But either way, we get on the subway... It was probably, probably our third or fourth stop, and then I'm standing up against one of the doors, and I look outside, and not one of the doors uh, that open, we're on the other side now, so I'm just looking down the track, and there's 
um, a garbage chute and there's a, a whole pile of garbage bags and I'm I'm just looking out like not really paying attention to anything but then out of the corner of my eye I see these two huge rats come out of the out of the out of the garbage bags and I'm like oh my god oh my god and I turn to you and I like nudge you on the shoulder I'm like Jack look rats <laughs> And everybody, everybody turns and looks. Every, everybody's scrambling. And everyone that's minding their own business just, like, turns their head slightly and is, like, looking at me like, what the fuck did you just say? Everybody's, like, scrambling, taking for cover. Everybody thought there was a rat on the subway. Like, five people that were standing up just, like, went down. They just took cover. It was bad. It was bad. At least, at least like, not everyone heard me. It was just everyone in our general area, which was still, like, 20, 25 people. That was a condensed train. Well, are you going to tell the second half of that story? What's the second half? You know what the second half of that story is. You almost killed me and Mom. <laughs> All right. To this day, I, could, I, I don't think I can fully explain what happened. Mom... Mom claims it was the dog under my sheets, but I say nay. I don't believe that's true. So this is what happened. That was that same night. That's the reason my rats were in my mind. We get home from the Yankee game pretty late. Um, was it a, uh, I think it was a, a, like a 7 o'clock game, because I remember I wasn't playing uh, – WWE 2K in your room for that long, but I was playing WWE 2K 17 in your room until about 3.45 in the morning. Right. For those of you who could remember, the Hardy Boys uh, have not been in a WWE game since WWE SmackDown vs. Raw 2010. Uh, the first time they were back was 2K 18. So I'm playing 2K 17 and I'm developing my, my Jeff Hardy. I made a Jeff Hardy. I, like, went all out on him. I gave him his move sets, all these different attires, everything. I was racking up his stats. I, I think I even started, like, a My Universe with him. But either way, I was up till about 3.45, close to 4 in the morning before I decided to go to bed. And I, and I go to bed, like, no problem because I'm exhausted because I was up so late. And at, at, at about... I want to say like 5.15, about like an hour and a half later, I wake up uh, you and mom and the dog because I was having a dream that I was having some sort of encounter with a rat since I was all freaked out by the rats on the subway. And I wake up from this dream, but like barely, like I'm still more than half asleep just sitting in my bed. And all of a sudden, I think I feel a rat crawling up my leg from underneath the covers and i don't know i'm not the quickest person in the world but i've never stood up from my bed so fast i stand up and at the top of my lungs i'm just like ah! I'm just screaming it was bloody, bloody murder. murder it was yeah, bloody I was murder just, i was screaming as if someone crawled through the window and was going to town on me with a hatchet and of course i i instinctively react and i sit up i'm like declan Declan, I'm coming. You're freaking. I'm coming. I start running down the hallway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I catch you out there. And I'm like, 
And we're standing on the bed. I, I, I can't do rats, dude. I can't do rats. I can't do spiders. I make my way out the door. You're coming for me. I make my way out the door. I'm like, rat, I'm running in your direction. And you're like, shit. We turn around, and by the time Mom gets to us, we're both standing on your bed, freaking out. And, of course, who comes in running after us? Holly. Yeah. And we think it's a rat. Like, we, like after that, every time I see Holly... Or every time I saw Holly for about two days, I have rat in my mind. Nah. But, yeah, mom claims that it was Holly sleeping with me. But Holly it was. Mom, mom, mom no. checked under the bed. She checked on the bed. And she lifted the covers and Holly was just sitting there. there was no rat. What I think, I think it was nothing. I think it was because I was still asleep. Like, I was, like, I, I was conscious, but, like, barely. So I think, like, my dream was still somewhat happening. And that's why... I, like felt that slight thing and I really thought but I don't think Holly was in my bed because if she was she would have to get under my covers and she can't get under my covers unless I lift them for her because like I don't know I think I don't, like I'm, I'm, I'm covering most of the covers like I don't give her I wouldn't give her enough room to get under there and besides I don't think she would get under there without waking me up and and I've, I've never even thought about this Holly can't jump up onto my bed by herself she comes around, and I have to pick her up. So I don't know how she would have gone onto my bed. I don't know. That was two years ago, though. Obviously, things have changed now. She, like, now she, she, like, rarely does. Like, put that, like, mini ottoman thing next to my bed so she can get up. But even then, it was only, like, rarely that she would jump up onto my bed. Most of the time. I don't know. I, I feel like you were very paranoid of rats at the moment. And you were dreaming, and Holly snuck up and started, like, licking your feet or something, and then you freaked out. I freaked out. I freaked out. Obviously, there was no rat. You were screaming. I was screaming. Mom was screaming. Oh, because I made it sound like I was getting murdered. I was freaking out. I don't know why. Like, the rats don't really bother me. Like, I saw a a mouse in the music room the other day, and it didn't really even phase me. Oh, wow. That's a lie. I was a little startled, but... Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to say. Didn't run, I didn't run out of the room screaming. There's no... You definitely, like, you definitely like fast-paced walked out, though. You definitely speed-walked out. You're definitely like, all right, I'm going to put my guitar down now. I'm going to slowly head up the stairs. I was like... You're so right. I was literally in the middle of playing, and I just stop because I see it, and I, like, slowly take it off, put it down on the stand, as if it's, like... Like, I don't know, like a venomous snake staring me down in the corner of the basement. But no, I got it out of there myself. I remember I remember one time I was working out down there before I got, like, a gym membership. And I was working out, and out of the corner of my eye, I saw a mouse sneak underneath the door into the furnace room. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to put these dumbbells down now. Uh, <laughs> slowly head out of the room, never go back into the basement again. And that's that. Uh, that's so funny. That's so funny. I remember one time when the the guest room was still a thing. You were in your room, and you screamed. Like it was like it was just one really loud scream. And then I hear you open the door and you just run down the hallway. And I'm like, "What the hell just happened?" And I go downstairs. I'm like, "Dude, what's going on?" You're like, "There's a moth in my room." <laughs> and we were really young. We were like, probably I, I don't even know. Probably like. 11 and 13 maybe and oh 
Yeah, we we don't we don't do bugs in our family. Of any bugs, sort. Rodents, bugs. I've been seeing a lot of possums lately at night across mm. the street. There are some ugly creatures. With that being said, happy Valentine's Day, you muttonheads. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.